1: Adidas. 106 in Edmonton. It's Brendan Escott in today on Oilers Now. I'll be with you tomorrow as well and then Bob and Mark Spector all day for you on Thursday. The show brought to you as always by Digitex. Digitex Digitex.ca, Alberta's number one owned and operated place to buy office technology and software. Get you caught up to speed on all things Edmonton Oil Kings with General Manager Kurt Hill coming up after the 1.30 news today. you want to keep the conversation going, uh, we're talking really all things Oilers. Anything that strikes your mind, 780-496-0063 is the Ashley Fine Floors text line. Get the new floors you've always wanted at Ashley Fine Floors, 143rd Street, 111th Avenue, open Monday to Saturday. Uh, a typical Tuesday, we would have Mark Spector for the horses, Horse Racing Alberta, presenting live thoroughbred racing each Friday and Saturday at Century Mile Racetrack in casino parking and admission are free More info at thehorses.com that's not the case though specs on the golf course today as is the regular host of this show but don't worry he carved out a little time for us right here and we'll go to him right now appreciate you jumping aboard today bob uh, how are things at the course what's the good word Oh, it's, it's, there's about 40 of us out
0: here today. Uh, probably about 20 to 25 media guys. And, uh, I think there's, uh, 15 members of the Oilers management and coaching staff. All the assistant coaches are out here as well. So, uh, you know, Ken Holland's here, Tyler Wright. Uh, so it's, it's been an interesting day. It's, uh, beautiful weather. Relax. Nobody's taking it too seriously. Uh, I was with, uh, Glenn Gullitson, along with, uh, uh, Tim Shipton uh, from the Oilers HQ and then uh Tom Gazzola who you know quite well so we had a very easy going uh, uh day today and well it's the calm before the storm you know tomorrow the I know they put the the roster out for uh the rookie tournament and the Oilers will have the four first rounders as we discussed going and we're still keeping an eye on uh on the PTO front, so I actually have a little bit of news in regards to that that we can perhaps get to at some point as well. Money
1: you lay it on me. Let's go.
0: Well, I know there's been uh, discussion on Jake Fortanon, and I don't know if anything's come across yet. But I, uh, you know, there was a belief at one time there was probably five teams uh, that were, uh, you know. I thought Washington was the team that was inquiring. We know uh, there was a report by Rick Dollywall out of Victoria that uh, the Oilers were in on uh, Jake Vertanen. And uh, I believe that Calgary is another team, and that's where Vertanen, as you know, played with the Calgary Hitmen. So uh, it could be a a Battle of Alberta situation. I know that there's some, uh, you know, some people that, you know, are. Don't want Jake for Tannen in the mix here, and there's others that uh, think that Jake for Tannen at a $750,000 price point, uh, you know, would be on a, on a PTO coming in to earn a contract, might be worth the investment. So it'll be something to watch for. Um, I don't know if it's going to be Edmonton, it could be Calgary, but I'm his representative is
1: Kevin Epp, and I do believe there's a possibility that it could be one of the two Alberta teams. So there's the latest on that front. Uh, I don't imagine much has moved on Ryan McLeod, although we were talking off the top of the show. He's one of just eight restricted free agents now left across the league. So uh, does it? do you get the sense that maybe he might end up being a cheaper player for this team the closer that they get to the start of training yes. camp? Yes,
0: uh, and the listeners should know it. it's my belief that the Oilers were completely prepared to match the two-year, $975,000 a year contract that Michael McLeod got, and uh, my belief is that the McLeod representation uh, felt that Ryan has a higher ceiling, and they're gonna bet on Ryan McLeod, who's probably gonna be the Oilers' third-line center this year. So. Uh, If it's 975 on two years, one assumes that if it's just a one-year deal, you might, you know, it could even be under 900K. So, Ryan McLeod, Ken Holland, we've got to take Ken Holland at his word. I mean, he said he's going to be at training camp, he's in town, he's skating with the players, they'll get this done. Ryan McLeod does not have arbitration rights, and sometimes those little players that get squeezed a little bit by the system for a year, and then there's going to be a lengthier negotiation that's going to take place in a year from now. And he will get a, like, make no mistake, if it's a one-year deal this year, he's going to get a multi-year extension at some point in the future here with the Oilers. Because, you know, when you hit on a second-round draft choice, it can skate like that and transport the puck, and it's taking on some penalty-killing minutes. There's a growth opportunity here for Ryan McLeod as well to be perfectly situated as a third-line. Uh, whether center behind you know Connor McDavid and and Leon Drysaddle and Ryan Nugent Hopkins if uh, they elect to play Nugent center and Leon on the wing so uh, McCloud's going to be a part of things he'll be a you know he'll be most likely on a one year deal this year and then we'll see where it goes from that point and. The agency's probably looking at it going, we're not doing two years at less than $2 bucks because we might be able to get, you know, Ryan might only make 850 this year but or 900 this year, but he might be in line for a $1.75 to $2.25 million deal in the future. So it's going to be interesting to watch uh, how McLeod progresses as an Edmonton winner.
1: Just looking at the roster here for the Young Stars tournament, and of course, there's some general invitees. uh, But uh, maybe even before we dive into that, how much time have you been able to spend at the rink during these informal skates? And is there anything, and even in terms of...
0: not a lot, just because of the structure help, but you know, the show of course, yeah, on a daily on a daily basis with, uh, you know. There is, a, there is a different... I think that, you know, we have to take Zach Hyman at his word. You know, there's there's a confidence level. If there is, you know, and with the coaching staff, they feel the same way. You know, on paper, this is a pretty good team. It's not perfect. Um, it's not the favorite. I mean, Peter and Wainwright, who's a Colorado fan, is sitting there looking at the abs, and they're going to be the favorite in the Western Conference. And, you know, Brendan, yesterday, as you know... Uh, we had someone on out of Vancouver who's certainly plugged in and knows his stuff, and he has Calgary as, as being the, the favorite over the Edmonton Oilers, and, uh, and thinks that the Flames have upgraded the team with the addition of Mackenzie Weegar. So, but I, I think that Edmonton's going to go from being, you know, the last three seasons the Oilers have been 12th, 11th, and 11th with a third round of the playoff uh, run this year, this past year. I think the time, you know, the Oilers will for sure be a top eight team. I think they'll duke it out for one of the top two spots, and I do think there is a sense of confidence that they've got, you know, some different pieces with the additions of Hyman and Kane up front. That changes, uh, and and frankly, Ryan McLeod as well, and what in what he can bring. That kind of they're, they're fairly deep at forward, a little bit light in the back end, uh, but they've got a lot of prospect defense coming and uh you know last we've, we've mentioned it 864 times brendan last 10 years the orders are the only team in the league that's got all 10 of their first rounders still in the organization for now they're going to go to the tournament in penticton with four first round picks the only one of the four teams there that has got first round picks from each of the last four years at the tournament only minnesota and edmonton in the top 12 last year uh you know have first rounders from each of the last four years and there's there's gonna there's gonna be draft capital that is going to be used and deployed during the course of the season to assist the Oilers in improving the team as the season goes on. That's inevitable. We can see that, and the players know that. And so I think there's a fair amount of confidence around the team. Not, and I wouldn't say overconfidence. Like I will tell you, back in 2017, 18, because I think you started in the fall of 18. Yeah. But in the in the summer of 2017, Todd McClellan was nervous about what he felt was that, you know, that Pete Cirelli had kind of downgraded the skill base up front and that the team wasn't deep enough up front. And then, of course, Andre Secura, uh, you know, missed the first half of the season the year before. He was the team's best defenseman. So I think we're at a little bit different place in, in the journey here for the Oilers. They're two-star players or sort of, you know, and I'll, I'll add Darnell Nurse, and I know Nurse has got some naysayers, but between McDavid Dreisettel and Nurse, you're looking at three guys that are... Uh, you know in 27 26 25 and they're no longer kids. they're you know they're the leadership drivers on this team and now supported by the likes of a Nugent hopkins and a hyman and some some guys that have cc and kulak that have you know grown and matured as players themselves they've got a much different type of team than maybe they had back in 17 18 at least that's the hope
1: uh, Darnell Nurse, a big part of the the leadership core. We're getting some questions here, Bob, uh, as to whether he's been a part of any of the informal skates or if he's maybe still coming along more slowly with that uh, with that hip flexor.
0: Yeah, well, he's he's in town. Like he's, I talked to him the other night. He says he's good to go. He's going to be fine.
1: Okay, so in Penticton, it, we see the roster now. And again, yeah. I'm just, I've got it open in front of me here. All the usual suspects you'd expect. Uh, anybody you're looking forward to maybe more so than others in terms of seeing how they stack up? Is it, is it a guy like Reed Schaefer or is it maybe, you know, to see how dominant Broberg could really be in that setting?
0: I, th- I You know, I think for me up front, I want to see Holloway on another level than everybody else just because he's a little bit older. Uh and, you know, we've, we've kind of been teased by it, and then he's had the wrist surgery, and definitely Broberg on defense. I mean, uh, Schaefer's, I mean, how do you compare an 18-year-old kid like Schaefer against a 23-year-old Noel Philp? Now, by the way, Noel Philp should be a player that is noticeable out there because of the age and the maturity. He better be, because that, if he isn't, that, you know, this is the... I've been at every one of these Penticton tournaments dating back to 2010, when it was, you know, at that time, Taylor Hall, Jordan Everley and, and Magnus Pierre Arby. And you get a chance to put your best foot forward from that point. It really sets, sets the tone. So, now, that being said, sometimes it's fool's gold. Like, one guy that always played great in that tournament for three straight years was Kyle Platzer. And Kyle Platzer, I think he returned to junior twice, then went to the A. He never gained any traction in the Oilers organization. So it can be a little bit tricky. Uh, but I, I specifically recall the 2014 year year when Drysettle went third and Nikolai or Ehlers went ninth to the Jets. And those two guys dominated. That tournament. I mean, it was really noticeable. So, uh, you know, I Edmonton should have a good team. The Jets are going to have a good team, uh, and I think Calgary always has competitive and tough teams. And I don't know what to expect from Vancouver just because they've got a couple of Europeans that are first rounders that are playing back in their home country. So, uh, definitely the four first rounders are for me a place of emphasis. From a selfish perspective, I, my expectation is that no Philp is noticeable out there. Uh, Lavoie is going to go. I'm not sure he's going to be playing. I don't think he's been on the ice yet, so that's something to to keep an eye on to. You know, just because he's a second round pick, and you want one of those guys to crack through. And they've got. I, I don't have the roster up in front of me, but Kesseling and Camp are on the roster, right on the right side. Yeah. With Keel, you with Kiehl on the left side. Yes. they have a lot of of experience in the back end like they're not relying on 19 and 20 year old undrafted defensemen out of the western hockey league like they've got some guys that have spent some time down in the minors and that's going to help them out as well
1: so are you guys you and jack broadcasting these games on edmonton oilers.com or anything how how would one watch this what happens is the
0: four teams that are at the tournament so that's uh, obviously, Winnipeg, Calgary, Vancouver, and Edmonton. They split the cost for the webcast, and they split the crews. So actually, Jack's doing the uh, Friday game with J- uh, Jamie Thomas against Winnipeg. I'm doing the Saturday game with Brendan Parker. I think I'm, I'll probably end up doing the play-by-play in that one. And then uh, Cam will do the Monday game against Vancouver. I'm not sure who he's working with that the Canucks provided. So they're all going to be webcast. I hear we have a holiday on Monday, and we'll have to have a discussion on I think if we're going to be there, we should probably look at doing a show, uh, you know, just because we're putting the cost in. But uh, away we go. Like at this this starts it. I know there's there's a couple team events that are going to take place on Wednesday and Thursday as well. The orders are going in a day early for this thing. They're not flying. You know, they've gone ahead and spent a little money to provide the, the right experience for their players to begin with. So they're not flying commercially. It's on a team charter. And, uh, and let's get to business and let's get going here.
1: Right on. I appreciate you taking some time off of the golf course, Bob. Uh, enjoy the rest of the day. Brandon. thank you for filling in here uh, today and tomorrow. Not a problem at all. Bob Stauffer, the regular host of the program, checking in from Barry Kates Media Golf Day. rather, uh, And we're keeping you company here on 630 Chat, as we always do. Again, myself hanging out with you tomorrow. We'll talk to David Staples, John Shannon, and Alan May. But plenty more to come here in this second hour of today's show. We'll talk Oil Kings with TM Kurt. Hill. Remind you right now, you've heard about the great variety of used vehicles that our friends at Brent Ridge Ford are proud to offer. You want you to know that the order bank for 2023 SUVs and F-150s, that's now open as well. Uh, If you want to be treated fairly at the time of purchase and then enjoy quality service after the sale, order your new vehicle from Uncle Milt, Johnny, Rich and the gang at Brent Ridge Ford, 11-time winners of the President's Award for Customer Satisfaction. Call 1-877-477-3673. That's 477-FORD. Quick timeout. Back with your text. 780-496-0063.
0: This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped. Streaming June 4th. Only on Hulu. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully. With expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion.
1: BlueNile.com It's Brendan Escott with you today, and it's 122 in Alberta's capital region. whole province actually is on mountain time. I don't know why I say it like that. Texter says, hey, Brendan, uh, this is girthquake. There's a name. Brendan, off topic as uh, d- as it is, doesn't it seem that uh, it's surprising that Brendan Gallagher didn't get the captain's C in Montreal? Again, from girthquake, that's up there for the best handles we've ever had, first of all. Secondly, it's a good point that you make. Edmonton's own Brendan Gallagher, it's not as if he hasn't put in his time in Montreal. He's... He's really been a a heart and soul player for that franchise since he was drafted in 2010. Like, we're going back a long way. This guy spent his whole career there. Recently, there's been enough talk about him potentially being moved out. There's been enough turnover in that sort of generation of the Montreal Canadiens. Think about a young Brendan Gallagher, for example, playing with a guy like Thomas uh, Placanich. You know, like that, Gallagher's era goes back that far. So when I was listening to uh, another Hockey Talk program this morning, they were talking and made a good point that. Nick Suzuki is a guy that can wear this letter for years to come. I think it was actually Guy Carboneau that made this point. Suzuki getting the C at just 23 years old, it makes him the youngest captain in team history, if you missed that on yesterday's show. Um, but to me, and and... You know, for I'm sure another bunch of reasons. Nick Suzuki seems like captain material just based on the eye test. But uh, just to do with the the chance that he's going to be with this team a lot longer than Brendan Gallagher at 31 years old now, um, that would be a a main reason to look at. So thank you for the text there. Uh, Peter from Wainwright says, how do you know you text into the show too much? Bob mentions you while he's not even hosting, and I haven't even texted in today yet. (laughs) Yes, Peter, you, uh, well, you're so congenial all the time, man. I appreciate you texting and participating, and and that's how you become a part of the show. Mike has texted saying, Evander Kane is one thing, but really, Jake Vertanen, you're not joking? Even if this makes sense from financials or, or from a playing perspective, it's just more proof that hockey isn't changing from its old ways. Fair argument to make, Mike. You are absolutely entitled to feel that way about the Jake Vertanen situation. Mark and St. Albert says, Brendan, if Campbell plays as well as Mike Smith, we'll be in good position to go far in the playoffs. Did Smith make some serious mistakes? Yes. However, he was a beast most of the time. I'll miss his swagger, but uh, not the oblique moments. <laughs> uh, the reality is that even though Smith was in amazing physical condition, the age has its limitations. Again, from Mark and St. Albert. And that's what we saw, I think, during the, uh, the stretch drive of the year. And it seemed, it seemed laborious. It seemed taxing on Smith just to get healthy enough to play on a night-to-night basis, and then the, to me, the exhaustion of that sort of came out in the final press conference, where you, you just got the idea that he was uh, he was a little bit out of gas, and that's the difference between rest and recovery at 25 years old for a netminder and 40 years old for a netminder. So now you, you split the difference. You've got Jack Campbell at, what, 30 or 31 uh, this year. So aside from Cam Talbot a few years ago, this is the obviously the most stable the goaltending situation has looked on paper in some time. Health provided, you got to figure he's going to at least equal what Mike Smith did last year. Uh, one more here from Gord Oil. He says Campbell didn't have anyone pushing him last year. Also, this year, I believe he will be pushed by Skinner and by desire. Good point. Good point, Gord because that desire to win a Stanley Cup, as close as this team seems to be, that's got to be enough sort of internal drive, that intrinsic motivator. But then you've got this kid who the team drafted, right? They didn't draft Jack Campbell. They drafted Stuart Skinner. And Skinner's been sowing his oats within this organization for long enough now and has been, you know, ticking a lot of the developmental boxes on the way, not being overexposed to NHL action, getting great, great time in in the minors, having success down there, taking some lumps down there. Overall, though, to me, yeah, I think it's time we see him as the full-time backup goaltender, so here he is. And like Gordoyle says, perhaps that even leads to him pushing Jack Campbell a little bit. That can't be a bad thing just like bringing Ryan Murray into the back end of this team, you can't look at that and say it's a bad thing because it might box out Philip Broberg. I think it just gives you more options. I think it gives you an opportunity to give grace to Philip Broberg when he inevitably makes the rookie mistake or two, right? It's a good problem to have. It's a good thing that these players want to be here, and it's a good thing that they're willing to take a little bit less money these days to be a part of something successful. It's exciting all around here in We're just days away from training camp opening up next week. You heard from Bob there. You'll get a little bit of hockey action out of Penticton this weekend. The games will be webcast. I'll tell you more about who's on the roster here after we catch up with Oil Kings General Manager Curt Hill. Hear about their training camp following a global news weather traffic update with Kevin Robertson.